Welcome back, everybody, to the Nets Gen Nats podcast. It's been a minute, but yes, sir. It's me. I'm Tanner, and I'm here with Alex. Just two guys decided to talk about some Nationals baseball just ahead of opening day. It's this Thursday. Can you believe that? I yes. just I didn't think we were going to be getting baseball this whole year because I am a pessimist, and yeah, my glass is half my glass is half empty. Yes. But here we are. Baseball's back. Um, I finally have something to somewhat look forward to after my Duke Blue Devils lost in the Final Four. Cool. Ah, At least you made to... the tournament. I mean, Maryland didn't do anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have a, I have a couple Maryland, Maryland and Virginia fan friends who are giving me crap for the for Duke, and I was like, man, y'all, y'all did not even make the tournament. Like, give me a little bit of like you know credit here for supporting a yeah. team that actually made it that far. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. I'm excited. I think all baseball fans should be excited that we actually do have a season this year. I didn't think, like I already yeah. mentioned, I didn't think we were giving one. And in the middle of December, if you had asked a normal fan, I don't think they would have thought it was happening anytime soon. I don't think, well, I mean, it got pushed back a little bit, but I think we're still getting 162 games, right? Full Ooh, season. I, I don't think I so. I believe so. I think they I would, just said, that, oh, we'll <laughs> add another week to the season or whatever. That's what I heard. Uh, that's I news to me. I feel like I should have heard that at some point, but um, if Alex says it, it must be true. That man's never lied. Yeah. I mean, well, I was writing a, um, I wrote, well, I got assigned for a, a newspaper to write a piece on the lockout, right? And how it was like, oh, the pushback happened. It's like, I published the article, right? A day later, they're like, oh, yeah, we've agreed to terms. And, oh, Sorry. yeah, we're going to play a full season. And like in the article, it's like, oh, yeah, we won't play a full season this year. And it's like, come on, guys. So even by uh, coming with, to With terms, no disrespect to Alex, I would much rather have a full baseball season than have his I, I mean, article pan out. <laughs> I, I, was, I was so happy, but also so pissed at the same time because I was like, well, either I have to rework this article or, you know, just cope. But, um, yeah. I'm I'm happy we'll get a full 162 games and um and we'll see some of these pros- uh, prospects pan out in full and some of them crash and burn. Get yourselves ready because it is going to happen. Yep. Some some will succeed. We 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 will get to that, but some will fail, and that's just something you got to come to terms with. Um, but there are going to be so many prospects that we do get to witness because, as you may have been able to infer from my. Pessimistic rant to start the beginning. Um, the Nationals are not going to do too hot this year. We've covered that many times over. And if you look at just about any beat writer in the greater D.C., Georgetown, Maryland, etc. area, they'll tell you the same thing. But for a minor league podcast with prospects, that's 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 our golden ticket, baby. We get to watch our younger guys step up to the plate, you know, literally, figuratively, mm-hmm. and kind of take control when... The older guys and the older generation of Nationals baseball have somewhat phased out. I'm not going to name Twitter Twitter names, but I guess uh, you know. I, I think we're all thinking it. Um, boomers and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, we're 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 uh, we're happy though. It's uh, we're ready to go. Dial in season season two technically of the next internet pod. Um, yeah, because we 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 started recording during last year's regular season, or was it? A week after mm-hmm. we got, it. I don't know. Point is, excited to be back. It's been a minute. Things get tough uh, around this time of year with school and whatnot, and of course, um, wasn't a whole lot going on in baseball when there was a complete lockout. Yeah. So talking about prospects, you talked about the Nationals' prospect. 
uh, prospects list, and no longer a prospect technically, but I guess the most notable young guy is say it, Alex. Kiebert Ruiz. One we always talk to. We started the year our, strong. With we the we Ruiz We got to hit our quota, baby, <laughs> and you know we hit that nice. So Kiebert Ruiz. I always say that wrong. I, Not even say, five minutes in. Have no I, shame. I say it with like a W. And like I've already gotten past my speech impediment stuff. Kiwoowees. No, the, the W comes in with the R, not the B. Keyword. Key bear Ruiz. I think it's the Good Z. Job. It makes me want to. Like like the U and the Z. It's like U, U, Ru, Woo. I don't know. <laughs> Ru? Keybear Ruiz is a catcher or the Nationals, formerly for the Dodgers, acquired in that big prospect trade, which I think by all intents and purposes, at the this point, one. the Dodgers kind of lost, yeah. Yeah. Scherzer didn't do much for them. Um, I mean, I mean, no, excuse me, he did a lot, but, you know, obviously they, didn't get they that They didn't last get the step. job done, yeah. I mean. Doesn't count if there's no ring, nothing matters. If you get, I mean, you're not going to go all in if you're the Dodgers, because, like, you're the Dodgers, and you're never really going to be, like, out of it, but you put, you know, you put future pieces on the table, you Got to have some payout and getting yeah. bounced in the second round, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and now our boy Matt Scherzer went and chased the bag for, I think, $43 million a year up mm-hmm. in Queens. So shout out to him for getting a bag. I just know Nats fans are going to boo him like they did with Bryce Harper. And to that, I say, y'all need to grow up. That man put us on the map. Both of them did. But <clears throat> I'm not the fan police here, and I also can't control what they do as much as I would like to. Um, <laughs> but the point is, uh, Gilbert Ruiz has been invited to the national spring training with the goal of him being our somewhat day-to-day catcher going forward. Um, the nationals do have a bit of a wealth of, um, of catchers, as we've mentioned in times past, um, especially in the younger guys, especially Riley Adams, whose guy I really enjoy watching. Um, but he bears the headliner for sure. And already in spring training, he's kind of put himself on the map somewhat. That's facts. Uh, Kibe Ruiz favorite national, not named, uh, Josiah Gray, even though they came in the same trade. Uh, I was going to get when, well, I guess we can go on a little sub, uh, side tangent with the, uh, cherry blossom jerseys. What do you think about them? Ooh, I like the jerseys a lot, actually. And, um, um, I, I asked my brother about it, and he was like, no, I don't like the big coloring, or, or the big lettering. I think it looks stupid. And personally, I think the script would look dumb with the with the cherry blossoms. I think they hit the nail on the head with the jerseys. It looks awesome. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I'm, I bring that in so I can segue it to say that I was going to get a Kate Cavalli jersey, or not Kate, Jesus, uh, Keeper Ruiz jersey. It's been a minute. I'm, I'm rusty, but um, they didn't have one, so I got Soto. But yeah, I mean... Kieber, he seems to be the better piece out of that, you know, trade that we. Oh, okay. He seems to be the better piece out of that trade, but um, yeah. Um, if you want to take the rest of this down, what? So say again. He was the better piece out of the uh, out of the the Josiah Gray Max Scherzer trade, uh, Kieber, and he seems to be panning out. He's had a great spring training. Um. Sorry, my yeah, like, what <laughs> computer disconnected there. It happens to everyone, but yeah, uh, K Bear has had a great um, regular season or spring training, training season. Yeah. Twenty one at bats, and he's already gotten six hits. He had a home run just this morning, actually, um, where the yeah, Nats thrashed the the Mets. Um, 
came out and dropped. Victor Robles had a three in that game. Runs, I want to say. Kibera had one. Nelson Cruz had a grand slam. We'll get to that. And Lane Thomas also had a nuke. Oh, and so did LCD's Estuar. So it's got to be at least four. Eski and uh, Franco. And Franco, oh my God, what happened? And Lane Thomas. I already said Lane. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh. Um, I mean, everyone went Yabo, though. So Yeah, point is, um, Kibera already showing early on why he can definitely be an impact player quickly because it, I like that we got him from the... Um, from the Dodgers in that trade because he was a prospect who was basically just a prospect in name alone. Like he was already yeah, ready he for was the show. Ready. He was basically ready for the show and he had some appearances with uh, the Dodgers um, yeah. in very small sample sizes, I will admit. But then with the Nationals, he definitely got um, more tenured as a player. And so I'm really excited to watch him this year as we all are. And it's good to see that you know, a lot of players, spring, spring training, you should take with a grain of salt, whether it means good things or bad things happened in it. Um, but it is nice to see uh, a highly touted prospect come out and not just kind of lay an egg. Um, go out there and in spring training, one way or another, it's major league competition to see them go out there and uh, play well. Sits hits, four runs, double homer. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he walked once, he's getting on base. And I think that's just something you like to see, even in a small sample size from a younger guy. Hell yeah. I mean, we talk, you talk about it. Like, he comes from an organization that is so rich in, like, talent development. Like, was Corey Seager originally a Dodger, or did he get, like, do you I think so. There? I think they drafted him. Yeah. I, I mean, like, Muncie was too, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think Muncie was too. Um, Bueller. But like Walker, yeah, Walker Bueller, all those studs at the pen, Julio Uri, or uh, the pitching Uri, staff, yes. and you know you got Kieber, and he was behind what Will Smith, you know, arguably top or probably a top five catcher in the game, depending on who you ask. Um, so he was never going to get playing time there. Uh, so to get him, I felt it was obviously the risk, and then you know if Josiah pans out, it's you know double double the fun, but. Obviously, that hasn't been the case so far this spring training, but I mean, a lot, lot of time. Book nowhere near closed on him. That's coming up next. Um, so for Key Bear, the catcher is a position which the Nationals have never actually really had anchored down that hard. Wilson Ramos, um, back in the day, always did solid for us. Actually, just today, former National Pedro Severino got docked for um, PED usage, and so those steroids are copping him an 80-game suspension for this year. I believe he's on the Twins now? I want to say uh, twins. I can't I cannot confirm that though. Um but he was a national, was a um Milwaukee Brewer. Brewers. I, I get those two teams two teams confused a lot. Yeah, they're basically national. all those teams are the same. <laughs> the NL West, team. Oh. The, yeah, the central is just one big team. Yeah. Um the point is it's nice to get that kind of anchoring at a position. With Jan Gomes, you know, we had it. Some, I mean, obviously we had it locked down enough to win a championship. Gomes was a good hitter. Suzuki could catch. Um, guys, I, uh, I think he taught Scherzer, right? And Gomes taught... No. It was the other way around. Gomes taught Scherzer. Suzuki taught Strasburg. Yeah. Thank you. Something like that. I think the it was point also like is, a deal. we had a bit of a platoon, and I think we're going to stay with the platoon this year, too, um, because as much as I love Ruiz, and I do think he has star potential... Um, 
you, you don't want to force a young guy, even though he is, as we mentioned, MLB ready, you don't want to force him out there. So I think him, Riley Adams, and Trace Barrera um, are all going to kind of get their, uh, get their due time. Is Ruiz weaker on one side? I, I don't know enough to tell you the truth about that, but most of the highlights I know I've seen from him are when he's hitting lefty, which is a strange phenomenon because I don't know. I feel like, and this is zero basis whatsoever, but I just feel like when there is a switch hitter, they're stronger on their left side, like, like, like with their left hand, like Josh Bell. Mm-hmm. Like there was dialogue yeah. last year when he was doing so bad with his right hand hitting. Everyone was just like, he should just like only be the hitter. Yeah, I, I mean, it's fairly even. He has a 757 OPS with a, uh, as batting as a righty, 736 as a lefty, but has about twice as many uh, hacks from the left side. Um, guy that definitely should switch, I know I'm going completely off the rails here, is um, Ozzy Albies. And I just wondered because, you know, I was reading, looking at his stats, and I was like, man, he's really bad from one side of the dish. Um, and I was wondering if maybe. Uh, keeper was similar and there would be like a reason to play like a lefty righty platoon or if he's so good at one side but bad at another side you throw in riley adams or whoever else um but i guess not uh Rees throws right-handed um yeah. so i i would assume his dominant you know natural writing hand yeah. writing right hand whatever um oh. i'll be here all night, guys um i'd assume that's where uh he feels more comfortable but you know, obviously, God, switch hitting is just such a wild thing to me. Every time I mention it, it blows my mind. Because to be good enough to hit at a major league level from just one side of the plate, like that's a shockingly rare skill. To be able to do it from two different sides yeah. of the plate, like I, that'll just never connect with me. Hey, Tanner, can you make that writing joke again? No. Um. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Also included, as we mentioned, in that uh, Matt Scherzer trade, Trey Turner, was uh, Josiah Gray. Um, don't call him JoJo Gray. He doesn't like that. Important to appreciate his Not wishes. a big anime guy. That was bad. I'm sorry. I, I, I was going to say, if you play the rim shot there, I'm, I'm kicking you off this podcast. I'll, uh, do the, I'll do the laughing effects next time. Stop. <laughs> no. Next um, gen soundboarding. Okay, I'll show oh up. God. Continue. Um, all right, Josiah Gray, uh, in spring training, came out and has not done great. Um, I know using ERA for a tiny sample size is stupid, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Uh, a nine 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 point three one ERA, not generally ideal, um, by any means. He came out and he definitely looked rusty, and he played exactly like how everyone expected him to play. He, he's gonna toss a lot of strikeouts. He's not gonna walk a lot of guys. He's going to give up a lot, a lot, a lot of hard contact. Yeah. He had 13 strikeouts and nine innings, 9.2 innings to be exact. Um, so that means almost half of his outs were strikeouts, which is what we expected from him. He has some really nice stuff if he can place it, if he can get that control. Yeah. But the flip side of that, he already has five home runs given up. He had, I think, three in just that first half inning that he played of the entire was it was it of the entire spring training? That was the first inning. Or it was at least it, like was that the first game of spring training? I think. I mean, he, he point is his yeah his first appearance he came out and yeah. just did not do well, but has shown that he does not give up a lot of walks per nine innings, um, which is something he's always kind of uh, 
mm-hmm. you know, hung his hat on. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of what you expect from a guy like this. You get a guy, high strikeout potential, but high home run potential. It's like a baby Matt Scherzer, yeah. as we mentioned. He's a, he's a power pitcher. I mean, yeah. simple as. It's the new game or whatever, you know. You're going to induce a lot of strikeouts, but you're also going to get hard hit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Gray last year, and I guess uh, to an extent this spring training has been the perfect embodiment of that. Um, and as he develops, hopefully it's a little bit of the other side where the ratio of, uh, you know, whiffs compared to hard hit balls is sort of flip-flop. And we can see a lot more uh, swings and misses out of the Josiah. Pitching is such a is such a volatile position in sports. I don't think there's any that's so jarring of a transition mm-hmm. from the amateurs to the majors. Um, yeah. And so young pitchers constantly, constantly struggle when they're originally brought up, no matter how good of um, pitches are supposed to be. There are exceptions, you know, Steven Strasburg, yeah. 14 strikeouts in his first first game. We won't, one of the crazier things I've ever heard of a pitcher doing. But there's no, there isn't really any reason at all to panic about Josiah Gray um, having s- such a porous start, um, letting a lot up, because you can't really train a guy to to play against major league level hitting if he's only ever experienced minors in college or high school or whatnot. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can make him pitch against your own guys. You can give him different drills, but at the end of the day, it's such a jarring shift. And so young pitchers like Josiah Gray are not to be able to go out there and blow by guys like, you know, Juan Soto in practice or Ronald Lacuna or Matt Olson or someone like that. They're not to be able to do that as they've known they've used to be able to do. So it is a tough acclimation period. I would say if we're in the same spot a year from now, yeah, definitely push the panic button. But he's a young pitcher. He's going to get a lot of um, playing time this year because guys like Strasburg are injured. I guarantee you Corbin will get injured. We're running a bad, our rotation is bad. Bad rotation. The idea is that he will be the ace in due time. He's going to get it. He's going to get his shot. He's going to get his time. And the, the home run woes will likely continue. But I think Gray is a guy who I'm not too worried about, especially not just because of three games in spring training. Exactly. This is like sort of he's on like a three year plan from when the Nats first got him. It was like first, um, you know, the last year was just, OK, get acclimated to Washington, whatever. This year, this is your development year. See what you can do. And then next year, depending on what we see this year, it's sort of his sink or swim year. You know, if he's great or it's, you know, it's his chance to be great. But if we see what he, we see out of him, like you said, uh, for in two years time in a year's time that he's still kind of meh then you start to worry and say well hang on this isn't the guy we got pitching is also like i mentioned such a volatile position because it's so easy to look bad a home run is such a is such a towering that everyone allows home runs everyone's gonna give up home runs but like you watch josiah play and he will give up some head scratchers like, what, what were you thinking with that pitch, man? Did you not place it or did you use the wrong pitch? But then there are some times where he legitimately blows you away. I sat behind, or not directly behind, but the point is I sat behind home plate um, after waiting three hours in the Diamond Club during a rain delay. Um, and I watched him make Freddie Freeman look silly, look completely silly. Like he had him up high, he had him down low, he was blowing fastballs by him. 
and then like two pitches later to to the Nets batter, he would give up a hit. And it is easy to say, yep. like 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 a home run, a four hundred fifty foot home run is going to look a lot more impactful than you know a, a a ground out to second, obviously. But it's hard to judge a pitcher that way because you're going to say, well, he's given up all these home runs, but what about all the outs he's gotten? So there's no real moral to the story here. The point is just that there's no reason to even discuss giving up on Josiah Gray because I don't think any level-headed fans are doing so. Yeah. Um, like you said, I think there's like, um, there's like those that like one, like if you were like in middle school, right? And you like, you want to be like philosophical, you'd like pose like the thing where it's like, I was like, I got all, you know, like a teacher like writes like 10 math equations on the board and gets one wrong on purpose. Have you never seen that? Anyway, what I'm saying is that like, yeah, you expect them to get outs. And when they don't, you look. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like rude, but. What? So I swear to God, I like, this is like. Okay, say it so, again, but slower and okay, more so, sensible. There is a, this is a hypothetical. There's a teacher, right? Teacher. And they're doing math problems on the board. Right. And they get, and there's 10 problems, right? There's simple problems. Is this right? a whiteboard or a chalkboard? Does it matter? Uh, yeah, I need to know what time period this is in. Uh, it can be whatever you desire. Okay, I mean, it's a whiteboard, is... but it's 2017. Yeah, okay. It's 2017, sure. Um, so he has, you know, the things, he has his blue expo pen or whatever. And he writes down the equations, and he gets one right, one right, one right. Gets the third one wrong, and gets the rest right. And everyone laughs at him, and they're like, "Oh, he got all the questions wrong, or he got that one question wrong." But he got the other nine. He got the other nine right. Yeah, it's you know? easier to see when someone does something wrong, especially in baseball, as compared to when they do something right, because pitching is not necessarily a flashy position. Like you think of pitchers, and how many guys actually make it look cool? Like Matt Scherzer, he looks cool on the mound and he, you can tell he's good because he makes himself look good but damn that guy's good but yeah. now most pitching like ground ball pitchers they're just as valuable as strikeout pitchers if not more valuable yeah you have a i good mean defense behind them when your job right is to like make your elbow suffer as much as possible and like your job is to, like be in pain it's not fun not fun at all so uh, i think gray Gonna get a lot more experience as uh, a first starter, second starter, third starter kind of guy. Um, and if you want to look farther in the future, um, that also applies to Cade Cavalli, who was at uh, the Florida Spring Training with um, Cade. Excuse me, Cade was there with Josiah and had one pitching appearance, not not his best ever. Um, no, thirteen earns run, thirteen earned runs allowed. Was this against the Cardinals, I think? Was it the Cardinals game? Either the that Cardinals or the Mets. Incredible. And is he um not do well? I think and, it was against the Mets, but and you know, we were already talking about volatility. This is a more volatile version of the volatility that Josiah Gray faced. Can you tell I like the word volatility? He like Kate Cavalli, not only is he experiencing the same sort of jolt to a new much better demographic of hitters. He's also never experienced Josiah's amount of experience. He's never um, played it the same way 
Josiah has. He doesn't have as much time spent on a major league clubhouse. So Cade, I honestly don't think he should have even been um, brought to a spring training. I don't mind giving some some appreciation to someone who you're hoping will be an ace in the future and someone who has shown that potential. But he's 23. He has spent one year in the minors. I don't know about this choice personally. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine. I'm fine with seeing it because, like, we talked about this. Like, he has a chance to break in, or we talked about it last year. He has a chance to make it to the MLB at some point. So, see, but he's never gone up against any MLB. That is player. at some point this year. Yeah, at some point this year. I don't want to see him on opening day. I don't think anyone had that expectation. Um, but to like see it, or, but like to just see what he has right now. It but proves that he's not quite there yet. Volley, I mean, I, last year, diced up double A. He was pitcher of the week multiple times. He was mowing people down. He was making highlight reels. This is his first guy, year. Yeah. He's doing really well. And then what a lot of Nationals fans either didn't really see as much or just kind of got lost in the fog of how good he was doing in double A. He struggled in triple A. He was not... Like I said, not as accustomed to the level of hitting there. A lot of those guys are, you know, MLB players who kind of flunked out of the show or guys who are about to make the show. So it it is a harder jolt because he he's not ready for that time that stuff after he spent the whole year playing Double A. So I think this year we need to put him in Rochester. Rochester is the Triple A affiliate for the Nationals. You need to put him in Rochester and you need to say, all right, you have the whole year to work on your craft. Get this pitching development down and you got to tell the, I think, I think the, um, the training staff, the pitching development staff is aware of that, um, of the fact that Cavalli is insanely valuable for the team's future. If he pans out to the level he's shown, he can play at, um, I don't want to see him in the majors this year really at all unless he is truly dicing up AAA, which I don't think will happen. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be an ace. I don't think he'll be a superstar. And there are guys in AAA who you, who you see and you're going, man, why are they still down there? Adley Rutschman yeah. has been rotting away in Tidewater for so long now. Um, yeah. Point is, I, agree. I like Cavalli. He really, like I said, laid an egg. Um, but it's fine. Be honest, he's not, you know, starting tomorrow. This isn't his season on the line. This isn't his career on the line. Not in AAA, and we'll see how he goes from there. I think. Yeah, just give him the extra year. In a- in less prospect e news, Nationals did make some major league acquisitions in the time since we have last recorded. Um, most notably, Nelson Cruz, the slugger who is the source of one of my favorite trivia questions which is who led the mlb or excuse me who led mlb in home runs in the 2010s and it's not mike trout and it's not price harper not oh Buster i Posey. wonder who it is it's nelson cruz Gee. yeah <laughs> and like i know he was good but I, I never thought he was like that much of a slugger point is no cruz, cruz is old uh, <laughs> with respect to nelson cruz he he is on the tail end of his career by a long shot. He's already, I think this is going to be his 17th year, 16th year, something like that. Um, yeah. Former ALCS MVP, Silver Slugger, four times, actually, and then a seven-time All-Star. So a guy who is, you know, past his prime, but it's fine. I think he's 41 right now. Um, and he's he's here for one reason. And what's that reason, Alex? 
let Juan Soto hit. Juan Soto, line of protection, baby. Line of protection is a term basically just to say if you stick a really bad hitter after a really good hitter, teams are just going to pitch around the good hitter because the bad hitter doesn't threaten them. It's why Juan Soto was so good in 2019 because oh, it's the other way around. It's why Anthony Rendon was so good in 2019 because he had Juan Soto backing him up. And, you know, people didn't want to throw to Juan Soto, so they had to pitch to Anthony Rendon. Um, so Nelson Cruz is not as good as either of those players I mentioned, but I think he's definitely someone who will give us quality minutes with the universal designated hitter coming in as a um, as a clause in the CBA. And, I mean, what can you tell me about this guy, Alex? About who? Sorry. Really? About, about Cruz? No, not about Jesus. Cruz. About who? Cruz. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. I, I'm I sorry. I zoned out. Candy Crush. This dude's out here playing Candy Crush on his phone instead of. I got home. You wanted to record it. Okay. All right. Whatever. Uh, Nelson Cruz. What can you tell me about him? He's old. That, uh, that I haven't already <laughs> mentioned. Uh, the Nationals uh, benefit huge here from the Universal DH. I think he is like he is like the lowest. Well, for a team that isn't contending, he's probably the best choice. It's like Kyle Schwarber obviously wants to go to a contending team while he's still in the prime of his career. Well, Nelson Cruz, no one really knows if he's going to be good this year. I mean, he's been great. He's been ageless, I'd say. But, I mean, you know, a father time comes for everyone. And I think it's definitely he, already on his heels. But a couple hours yeah. ago, I get that nice MLB notification on my phone. Nelson Cruz hit a grand slam. So there's mm-hmm. obviously still power there. That's all he's really going here for. He just needs to add some nukes. Yeah, um, but if he's half yeah, if he's half decent, you know. If he has a if he has a fifty one year or fifty one home run year, he would break that five hundred homer plateau. Nah, I think he's got a few more years in him. There's a mutual option in that deal, right? Uh, not sure. I'm pretty sure. Last year he was actually pretty damn solid. Uh, two and a half WAR for the Rays, correct? Yeah. Um, yep. the Rays, Rays and uh, Twins, thirty two homers, um, with a three thirty four on base percentage. Those are the only stats I care about. Look at me, this nerd stuff. Um, and Cruz, like we mentioned, is going to be the designated hitter type, and that reminds me of um, what considered one of the greatest moments in baseball history was uh, that David Freeze triple with one pitch to go until the Rangers won a yeah. World Series. And what what everyone has always noticed in that is that you know it's a crazy triple, and he slides in, and was like, "Whoa, I'm going crazy." There's a shot of um. I can't remember the manager's name. Um, going, they haven't gone crazy. They doubt whatever. They're giving high fives. But what I've always, always noticed about that video is how absolutely clueless the right fielder was. He's tracking the ball, and he like slows down. And if he had just like ran a little faster and mm-hmm. right, and taken the route better, he would have gotten it. And the Rangers win the World Series. Now, who who was that right fielder? Gee, I wonder. Ask. It was Nelson Cruz, in fact. Um, well, a questionable call because he had been a DH for a lot of time for them. And they put him in right field. No defensive substitutions being made there and didn't really step up to the plate at all um, and let that one go. And so that's just a little tidbit. And I thought it was interesting, but I've always found it kind of funny that like one of the great hitters of our time was somehow in right field for that instance. Yeah, 
if I recall correctly, though, he was playing a few steps in for some reason because he wanted to like celebrate. That's what I heard. He like played a few steps in it because he wanted to be in like in the pile quicker. This might just be urban rumor. Um, I was doing a pot or doing a fantasy baseball um, draft with a couple of people that are like around, you know, podcasting and stuff like that. Speaking and- of fantasy baseball drafts with Alex, uh, we were oh. we ran a lead with him and. At fifth overall, would you like to give us a little drum roll as to who you took? With the fifth overall pick in the Soto Ruiz 2022 MLB Fantasy Draft, the Guangdong Tigers select uh, Justin Upton. This dude picked jo- I, everyone else was taking it seriously. Like a Los Angeles, the center fielder for the Lo- well, not really center fielder, but the outfielder for the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, I think they have someone who's like slightly better than Upton in center field. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, yeah. just some guy. Um. I managed to top Trey Turner with that 11th overall pitch. Um, Did someone draft uh, like Escobar or something? No. Um, another day I took Michael Franco. Yeah, there you go. I just, I just wanted to set it up. But my team's actually low-key dirty. I've been, mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing good stuff with that. Uh, sorry, this is not a fantasy discussion. So uh, Cruz, um, and uh, you might have heard me say it, Michael Franco. There, there's another Nationals offseason pickup as well as um, Cesar Hernandez, a new leadoff hitter. Not exactly earth-shattering moves, but this is... There's this two is ways to look at this. There's two ways to look at this. One, this is how a team reacts when they know they're not going to be good. And I don't mind that. I really don't. Like, if we're going to be bad, I want us to commit to being bad, get a high draft pick next year, and really start sending it. But, mm-hmm. on the other hand, the most important thing in our franchise right now is Juan Soto. And when the preliminary discussions with him on contract came out, obviously no one wants to really talk about it. Um, So one thing that Soto said was um, Rizzo, Mike Rizzo, the GM, you know, promised to act competitive and, uh, you know, be competitive. And Boris, Boris, his agent said, um, you know, Juan wants to go to a place where, the ownership is quote committed to winning. Um, does this show committed to winning? I don't know. Obviously, in the long run, maybe, but you know, time is a factor in anyone's career, and Soto is entering his prime right now, which is scary yeah. to think that he's not in his prime. By the way, um, he's still a few years out from his prime. Yeah, Usually, the baseball prime comes later. Every year counts, and this is a guy who's going to be making over half a billion dollars. Um, this doesn't really show the commit the commitment to winning that. I don't think anyone would have liked to see, um, given how much we yeah. need to keep Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You can't really do much as a team as bad as the Nationals are right now. I think by showing Juan that, like, hey, we're going to still let you do your thing, you know, we're give, we'll give you a little bit of protection. Um, I think that's good. It's a first step for a team that's not going to be competitive anyway. But, uh, yeah, I mean, clock's ticking. Chop, chop. And obviously, I love to um, love to have picked up uh, someone like you know Carlos Correa or whoever. But if Nats aren't gonna be committed to that. The Nats aren't gonna be committed to that. And we're not that attractive of a destination right now. Like we just yeah. aren't. We lost a lot of our pitchers. Our our opening day pitcher is Patrick Corbin. Like, so much. So the Nationals yeah. are going to ride with um, a younger younger forty um, man lineup this year, um, which is definitely a contrast to. Um, the Nationals of 2019, the glory days, if you will, 
who were the oldest median or oldest average age out of any team, um, you know, let the kids play is what a lot of people like to say. But they, those were not kids; those were grown men. Yeah, that's what I mean. Old men. That's that's I think that's the worst part. Uh, like the most iffy part about all of this is that like, how are you old and rebuilding? So how are you rebuilding, but you're also old? I was talking about 2019, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know. I'm saying that, but like now that you mention age, we do it. We do have some old people. LCDs, a lot of our pitchers, Nelson Cruz, a lot of old, lot of old people. Point is, um, we are, have shifted more to a younger area, and we're carrying a lot more prospects or former prospects on the 40 man roster. So does like Joan Adone, Gerardo Carrillo. Um, Evan Lee, Yasel Antuna, and Donovan Casey are some notable names. Antuna, a second baseman, is someone who I'm excited to see, and we'll we'll touch on that more later. Um, but there are just overall um, a lot more young guys coming along, and a lot of these guys aren't going to get playing time. A lot of these guys are going to get sent down. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, but yeah. I am excited that the Nationals are taking a more duty duty dutious dutiful approach to developing our young guys but also giving them that you know trial by fire method of development yeah speaking if you will of spring training if you would like to capture the magic of any uh man this sounds like an ad this is not an ad um if you would like to have watched any of the national spring training there is a high chance that you would not have been able to. That is because our friends over at Mid-Atlantic Sports Network just are not great. And I think that's kind of a widespread thing, widespread knowledge among the Nats and Orioles community because um, Mid-Atlantic Sports Network carries both, Masson for short. Um, I would just like to touch on a little how they, um, as I have put it in our episode planning notes, five dot Masson sucks. Uh, yeah, Masson stinks. They're brutal. Not good. Um, <laughs> there's not much to say there. I don't know why I taught this up like some big piece, but not getting a lot of coverage for a lot of these games. Um, they were having technical issues the other day where they did manage to get TV coverage on a game, and then you couldn't hear the commentators. We're in and out of commentators now. Um, FP Santangelo, who um, I, I hate to speak for the public here, but I feel like a lot of people were not. Too mad to see him leave. But point is, there's a lot of turnaround there. The Nationals finally invested in new graphics because um, ours were very old. We've been using them for a while. Even though, personally, I liked those, and I like those more than the current ones. And the current yeah. ones are not good either. They look like a like a, like a a high school live stream. I don't like that. Yeah. So um, is that, this has a connection to Peter Angelos. Um, Angelos is the owner of... Uh, our friends up on the Beltway, Baltimore Orioles, and Peter Angelos, um, who was the one who struck the deal with Masson, uh, to, excuse me, to make Masson. Um, I think he's just a just a yeah, greedy yeah. old man, just a man who doesn't mm-hmm. want to admit he was wrong, and yeah. that's how we ended up crazy. going now. It was crazy because I was, you know, I, I obviously looked at the graphic and I think it was underwhelming. Like a lot of people. Um, a lot of people agreed in, in that regard, but then I go right. MLB the show released Friday. Right, I go. I sit my my little fanny on my little office chair, boot up my PlayStation, boot up the game, 
and they added these things called like regional themes and it depends you know it like based on like where you're playing if they're like a bali or bally sports network or like uh, nbc sports it like changes how is the nationals regional theme on mlb the show a fictional video game better than the one that massing created because they don't I, try. I, they don't need to try. I, yeah, I genuinely think they put like a whole five cents. Why 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 create improvements? Why spend on improvements when there's no other option? It's not like people are gonna stop watching Masson. But yep. maybe they will at this rate, because most of the spring training games were only available through radio shows. A lot of our great guys on social media who um get clips of players just from individual plays in games they couldn't do that because there was no recording to take from so i think that's a disservice to the fans to give them a shoddy product with shoddy commentators um i think that you know it's not really much going to change peter angelos is still the owner of the orioles or did he die i feel like he might have died no peter angelos dead no he's not dead he's he's 92 yeah, he's just a terrible person. Yeah, and he, he has royally screwed over the Orioles. I don't know if this is an Angelos decision or not, but they are changing the dimensions, or I guess they already have changed the dimensions of Camden Yards. Oh, those things are brutal. And they moved the left field wall, like, is it 30 feet or yards? Feet, 30, 30 yards, Jesus. They moved it 30 feet, like, back, and they, like, raised it a little, like a really miniature green monster. I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Like the phrase, the one of my favorite phrases: "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." Camden Yards is widely considered to be probably the best um, baseball location in all of the world. And yeah. They go out and they start messing with it. Like all you have to do, the one good thing you have in your entire organization, besides Cedric Mullins, Troy Mancini, and Adley Rutschman, is your stadium. Why are you screwing with that stadium? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I would know. get it if like they were more competitive and like it actually posed like a threat to like alter the course of the season. But even then everyone's playing on the same grounds. I think it was because there was too many cheap home runs given to that side of the porch. And also um, the Orioles traded a guy named Tanner. You're going to do that. Yeah, very... No, the uh, Tanner Scott. Ah, also my middle close name. Tanner Scott is my first and middle name. Okay. We get it. We get it. You're so cool. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no Alex. Redacted in the league. Alex, Alex. Yeah, I'll get to that later. Um, it, we, we will? I'll get it to you when we're off camera. I don't want to talk about my oh. legal intricacies. Jeez. Oh, I just share my middle name. Or whatever. Um, point is, Mass and Sots. I don't know where we'll start from here. And it's a shame what they're doing at Camden. Like, like Nets Lane, like, Wrigley Field has improved their renovations by taking down the ivy <laughs> and replacing the brick with just concrete. Did you know that the uh, brick at Wrigley Field is considered like a historical landmark? Yeah. Soldier Field, well, speaking of Chicago, Soldier Field, where the Bears played, was a modern wonder of America, I think. And then they renovated it and screwed it up so bad that they took it off the list. Yeah. Like, but, like, there's this great documentary on um, YouTube the Cubs uploaded completely for free about, like, how they renovated Wrigley Field because, like, it was not good. Um, like, in the, I think it was, like, mid 2000s or 2010s and uh they went they underwent that whole like transformation process and they had to like keep the ivy up while replacing the bricks because the bricks weren't a part of like the historical monument but the ivy was so you can't just replant that 
Go really keep cool. the documentary, boys. Hashtag not sponsored, but could be. Not sponsored. Always go open. Cubs go. Not sponsored. All right. Um, off the topic of the Orioles, back onto the Nationals. Um, I suppose this is a bit more of a, of a of a philosophical standpoint to take. Not standpoint of a point to talk about. But um, Carter Keboom, um, former Nats top prospect, is now on the uh, 60-day IL Officially, he has been injured for a while. There are questions of if he will play at all this year, oh. I think. Can't say that for certain, though. Um, and then Victor Robles, former, you know, five-tool top prospect, Victor Robles, um, has been underperforming for a couple years now. Excuse me. Um, and doesn't really look like he's slated for that much improvement. Mm-hmm. And Keyboom and Robles are kind of two guys you look at as being somewhat. God, I have the hiccups all of a sudden. That's not ideal. <laughs> um, as being somewhat of the faces of that era of the Nats prospects. Obviously, you have guys like you know Trey Turner and Juan Soto, but yeah, that turned out way differently. <laughs> they did pretty okay, I think. Um, yeah. But I I find it interesting that if you look at those old prospect lists. And the fact that we were consistently, you know, bottom bottom three, bottom two, bottom one farm system in the league in you know, our rankings, I think it's interesting because it shows the different approach that was taken by our front office to sell the farm, to go out for a ring, although there wasn't really much of a farm in the first place. A lot of our guys were homegrown. Um, but the fact that we did go all out there and focused less on the prospects, didn't really care about them. You know, we traded our best prospect, Giolito, and Dane Dunning and Reynaldo Lopez for Adam Eaton. Like, I just find it, I think I, I think it's an interesting thing that with the same management system, we went from such a go all out for a ring, go all out for a ring, put it all into this run with these guys. And we got there with, with Scherzer and Rendon and Trey Turner and whatnot. But, you know, at what cost? Obviously, obviously, I'm going to take that. I'd 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 be okay with us being terrible for the next eight years if it meant we still have that ring. Um, yeah. But now the cost of that is our current prospect base is not too hot. Um, we had to really work to get it back. We had to trade big big players, star players, and so now we do it's have still a, not great. It's still not great. We have a much improved farm system, but it is kind of depressing that even in that time where we had. Um, a worse farm system. A lot of our top prospect guys, notably you know Keyboom and Robles, just didn't really pan out. Yeah, I mean that mid twenty tens era of like Nationals picks. It's like, oh, this guy, this guy's gonna be the guy. Um, just brutal. I mean, we we keep talking about it, like Victor, Victor Robles and how he never quite got there. Just one, if one hits. I mean, apart from like Juan Soto, but if. We'll, but he's, you know, just a completely different case. If just one hits and is like an everyday player and can produce, we're we're looking at a completely different team, I think. Because we don't, then we don't have to sell the team for Adam Eden, like you said, or sell whoever. Um and it puts us or puts ourselves in a situation where we're not close to having anything that we're looking forward to on the team. Like all of our prospects are a couple of years out. Brady House, a couple of years out. All these guys that we might get in the upcoming draft a couple years out. Um, just, mm. but yeah, I mean, 2019 wouldn't trade it for the world. 
world. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's it's worth it to a degree. Um, but do you need Adam Aiden to win a ring? Probably not. Would I like to have Lucas Giolito on this team? Definitely. <laughs> um, but something I've always thought interesting. I feel like I'm saying the word interesting a lot. I need it just like a walking thesaurus with me. Um, the Nationals, when you look at the numbers, were probably um, like regular season speaking, because we had our, our share of playoff failures. Regular season speaking, we were probably uh, the best or second best team of the decade. Um, us and probably the Dodgers are the top two. Um, I think like pure wins, like win-loss record, I think we had either the best or the second best. And it did show how we didn't need to worry about loading for the future because we had the now. And so our draft pits were later in the draft, and we picked up later in the draft players who, you know, panned out like it. They didn't really play as well as you'd expect the first or second overall pit to do. And I'm not, I'm not complaining that we have had... Um, high pits that have missed everyone is high pits that have missed you know Mm -hmm. that's how that's what the draft is that's what prospects are they're crapshoots it's a wild card but you can just imagine how different this team would look if no again victor robles had turned out to be the five tool guy that he was touted as Mm -hmm. yeah i'm looking at it right now the nationals were 970 and 871 throughout the 2010s and 2021 or rather through 2021. That's top in the AL East, uh, three and a half games ahead of the Braves. Uh, they only get beat that is by the, the Dodgers. Or the NL East, sorry. The Dodgers, uh, the Cardinals, who have, who have wins in the thousands, um, they actually beat out the now Guardians by a loss. The, the Guardians are 970 and 870, and then three of the four, or of the five AL East teams have uh, beat the uh, Nationals, so they're up there. Yeah, so um, I, I'm, I definitely saw something discuss. top two on some sort of Instagram graphic, but I mean, this like, this factors in the last two years where the Nationals have been brutal. So oh, that could definitely do something with it. I mean, meanwhile, the Yankees and Rays have put in a hundred win seasons. And yeah. So, um, and again, I like I should this shouldn't be taken as like ah. Uh, the Nats' development is terrible. Like, maybe they are. That's a different take. Um, but you're going to miss on prospects in any league, and every team has that. You know, the 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 Phillies spent a first uh, first overall pick on Mickey Moniak, who I just remembered he existed because I saw his name in a spring training notification the other day. Like, there are guys who you expect to be good who aren't good, and there's guys who you expect to not be good that are good. But the Nats, it's overwhelmingly the former. You expect yep. them to be good, and then they aren't. And now we are in this position where we went all out for the ring, and we got the ring. Like, can't take 2019 away ever. But there was no there was no plan after that. You have the ring, and um, after that, it's just like, wow. That's it. Um, so hopefully we get a little bit better luck in the draft. We have um, that's one coming up, and not to be the guy to you know be pessimistic again as much as I love to be that guy, but um, we are going to likely be picking high again next year. So it is a bit of a ticking clock, you know. We had bad draft pits, we had bad prospects for a while, and they didn't pan out. Um, and you know that is what it is. But 
we had we, we were able to bat that up. We were able to make that not really a problem by the fact that we were so successful in the regular season, in the postseason, winning divisions, whatnot. Now, if our we're already going to be bad, and if our prospects don't pan out, there's no backup for that. <laughs> you just yeah. lose, and you keep losing in the future. We won, and then we lost in the future. Now we are in the losing, and we're trying to make the future winning. Yep. Um, I'd like to somewhat round this out, because Alex has to get back on his work. I don't. Spring yep. break, baby. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Alex... Would you like to start with your breakout prospect for the 2022 regular season? Sure. Uh, a lot of talk about who gets the call this year. Not a great team. A lot of chances for people to break out. I think, well, actually, first of all, let me just leave this off. With, did you see the um, video of Julio Rodriguez getting called up? I actually didn't. I meant to watch that, and then I didn't. It's a great, great vid. Um, I've heard it was just awesome. But, yeah, who gets that uh, that type of call? Uh, I think it's going to be Yassel and Tuna. Uh Guy, you know, plays third base, plays shortstop. Nationals obviously very weak with, uh, like we were talking about, Carter Cuban not being great and uh, no longer having Trey Turner. So I think he he gets the call. Um, you know, Luis Garcia got like, or Lucia, sorry, Luis Garcia is already in the show. Yasel Antuna basically plays the same um, sort of positions, but got paid three times as much um, on the initial signing bonus. So like. If if money talks, which sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, um, I think Antuna could make a big impact on a otherwise uh, miserable team. And you know that would definitely be a big help. We have had problems in the whole middle infield, left infield section since the departure of Don and Trey Turner. So Antuna stepping up and playing how he did towards the end of last um, last year's minor league season, where he was hitting the cover off the baseball would definitely be much appreciated. Mm-hmm. And personally, I know pitching prospects are boring, but I'm going to go with a pitching prospect. Um, Joan Adone um, actually made an appearance for the Nationals at the very last very last game Sorry. of the season last year. Um, he was good. Yeah, he played pretty well. He was signed out of the Dominican Republic in 2016 and has moved up you know, at, at a pretty standard rate. Um, in this year, on the 40-man roster, has already pitched at least once, I think, in uh, spring training. And with Adone, you're getting a guy who has really good velocity, um, averages a solid 95, 96 on his fastball, uh, the four-seamer, and he can throw it pretty consistently. He's young. He's got a nice and functional arm, so he can pump that out. Um, and then he got basically two other pitches, kind of a three-pitch guy, slider, um, and really get that thing to move um, trans transversely. It's like transverse. Whatever. He can really get it moving horizontally, and then he has a changeup, which um, has its trouble.
Bulls if.